Thank you for listening to the Rivers Church podcast with Pastor Andre and the Rivers team. Be sure to subscribe for a weekly dose of encouragement and inspiration to help your daily life. We pray that this message will help in whatever season of life you might be in. Now, in March 2020, I spoke a message and I called it Where to Look in Times of Stress. Some of you may remember I then wrote a booklet on it, Psalm 23, because our focus in times of stress needs to be right. But today I really felt compelled of the Lord and I feel like God's going to unlock something today if you will receive the word. I want to speak on overcoming stress, worry, and anxiety. I believe we are plagued, Christians are plagued by stress, worry, and anxiety. You might not recognize it in your life, but it's there and it has a massive impact on you. And it's an ever-present reality, sadly, for many Christians. Many Christians, even though they know the Lord, are living in dread and fear. Here's the thing we ask, what if? And we think about the political situation, what if? And we can live with anxiety, we can live with worry, and we can live with stress. Uh, Mitchum antiperspirant deodorant once did a survey of 501 adults, and they asked them, have you got stress? And only 5% of the people surveyed said they didn't have stress. That means that 95% of the people listening to me today, watching online or by television, have got stress. 95% of us, but you know what? Most of us don't even realize we're living with stress, anxiety, and worry. It's become so normal. Now, recently, one of my closest friends, if not my closest friend, Pastor Donovan, passed away of cancer. It ravaged his entire back. It grew into his back, and he was in excruciating pain in the final days of his life, injected with morphine while his family had to look on and see the end of this great man's life who had served the Lord with sacrifice and commitment, been a role model and a leader across the world. It was a very hard thing, and many people asked why. But for me, as I went to the memorial service on Thursday, uh, Wednesday, and as I spent time thinking about it, I began to realize that he probably suffered the effects of stress, worry, and anxiety because of the pressure on his life. In fact, when I had cancer in 2017, every time I went and sat with my urologist and my, my doctor, the first thing he would ask me, and I almost thought, get to the medical stuff. He'd say, how are your stress levels? And I'd be like, you're trying to throw it on me. Fix me. Give me medication. Brilliant doctor. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. But he kept saying to me, it's the stress in your life. You've got to manage. I know you look after thousands of people. You've got to manage the stress because he, he, he knew that it's not just medicine. Stress, worry, and anxiety produces cancer in our bodies. And you know, this week as I was thinking about preparing, as I scrolled through Instagram, an Instagram post popped up and it almost again confirmed the health issues that we're suffering because of the strain of modern living. And, and this, this, this thing popped up on Instagram, heavy stress reduces our life expectancy by over two years. I looked at it and I thought, that's exactly what I feel God wants me to speak on. And I've realized that this is a tremendous problem in the world. You know that the world is in a health crisis due to COVID-19. COVID-19 has produced more stress, worry, and anxiety than ever before. And uh, in America, there's a, there's a helpline that you can call into. It's uh, when you're in distress, you phone this, like, what they call it, a hotline. 
They say that since April uh, this year, since April this year, that, uh, sorry, last year, we're only in February now. Since April last year, I'm losing track of the time because we are locked away and then we let out, then we locked away and we let out. Are, are we out or are we in? Since April 2021, that hotline has received a thousand percent increase in calls. People are stressed, they're worried, they're filled with anxiety. Even healthcare workers are beginning to commit suicide, they can't seem to find the support they need. And so they're even giving up. Why? Because they see people dying and they feel the stress and the worry and the anxiety of that. How many of you know God wants us not to live like that? He doesn't want to live with us paying medical bills because it costs you a huge amount of money. In America, 300 billion a year is spent on medical bills and lost productivity due to worry, stress, and anxiety. And we've got to look to God the 21st century has three times more depressed people than any other century in history. We are living with stress, anxiety, and worry, and it's not God's best for us. We need to trust Him. Listen, biblical prevention is better than cure. So let me give you seven ways today of overcoming stress, worry, and anxiety. Some of them you would have heard before, but you need to hear them today. And I trust that you'll say, God, speak to me. Help me to recognize this in me so that I don't end up unwell. Number one, the first thing I want to say, and I've kind of alluded to it already, is remember that stress, worry, and anxiety are very costly. They are very costly. Stress, worry, and anxiety ages us. And we pay a heavy price, listen, that we only often realize too late. When it comes here, I should have. No, it's too late now. You've paid a price. 75 to 90% of all visits to doctors are for stress-related complaints or disorders. And stress is linked to all leading causes of death, heart disease, cancer, lung ailments, cirrhosis, depression, and suicide. We pay a high price in our bodies. Do you know that the old English word worry, the root of the word worry, is the word Wurgen, W-Y-R-G-A-N. Wurgen, to worry is to Wurgen. Do you know what it means? It means to choke or to restrain. So when you worry, you know what it does? It chokes the life out of you. Chokes the life out of your cells. Chokes the life out of your body, your mind. Chokes your enthusiasm. Remember in Mark chapter 4, Jesus said that the worries and the cares of this world choke the word so that it proves unfruitful. Your body gets choked, your mind gets choked, and the word gets choked. And it says in Proverbs chapter 12, notice this, because we're talking about the price, the, how costly this is. It says anxiety weighs down the heart. Notice that. But a kind word cheers it up. The implication is it's like a tree being bowed. It's not just being heavy, you know, we imagine like a bag of bricks on your back. No, it actually bends you over and it's referring to it physically, interestingly enough. The New King James says this, anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. So the one weighs you down, the other one cheers you up. And the interesting thing about Hebrew, we don't see it in the English, the Hebrew often has a word play, especially in Proverbs and Psalms, they're written with a poetic fashion so that they rhyme, and the English doesn't pick it up. 
The one says cheers you, uh, weighs you down. The other one says cheers you up. But if you look on the screen at this, you'll see that the Hebrew words here, they sound similar. Yashkana, yesemikana. So when you sing it or say it as a proverb, you remember it easily. I want you to notice the one syllable. Can you see there's one syllable that's different? It's the exact same word, but there's something missing. Do you know that word, that symbol in yellow in the Greek alphabet is the word, is the symbol mem, and it is a symbol of a spring. And when the spring of joy and peace and the word is missing from your life, you're either weighed down. But the minute that spring comes to life in you and your whole body becomes, that's why he says, take, pay attention to your heart, but from it springs the issues of life. You've got to be careful because it's just one small thing that can weigh you down. And we must get rid of anxiety and realize that it is causing tremendous price in our bodies. In Ecclesiastes, Solomon says, banish emotional stress from your mind and put away pain from your body. Watch this, young people. For youth and the prime of life are fleeting. I want you to notice what he's talking about here. NIV says, so then banish anxiety. So some translations call it emotional stress. Others call it anxiety, worry, stress, anxiety, similar things. He says, get rid of them. Watch, he says, because youth is fleeting. Don't think this young body that you currently have with your vibe and you go to gym and, and, you, and you take the supplements and, and you hang out and you take the selfies. If stress is all the time hitting you, that is going to be gone. You can't bank on it. There's a price you will pay and you'll only pay it later when it's too late to fix. You know, sadly, when we go to doctors and they tell us we've got cancer, by the time you get there, it's often too late to do anything. Because the lifestyle has ruined ourselves. There's a very heavy price to pay. And it's costing us more and more in this modern world. There's a psychologist by the name of Robert Lehi. And he spoke about the price that young people and children are paying today because of stress. And he said this. He says the average child today exhibits the same level of anxiety as the average psychiatric patient in the 1950s. That is hectic. So remember that stress, worry, and anxiety are very costly. Number two, the second way to overcome stress, worry, and anxiety is avoid people who create ungodly stress in your life. You say, I can't, I'm married to them. <laughs> you can't avoid them at church, although sometimes you can. You can't avoid them in marriage, but certainly you can avoid them in your relationships and friendships. Because you, you know what we don't realize? We don't realize the level of social anxiety that exists in the world today. People go to parties and they are so stressed out going there. Hi, how's it? I'm good. Hi, yeah, I'm good. And then that person walks away. Yeah, I knew you'd walk away. You've got nothing to say to me. You're looking for her, eh? And you know what they say people do? They go to parties, and because there's so much social anxiety, you know what they do? They look for the resident cat or dog, and they play with them. They can escape from these people because they're stressing me out, and I have to be here. Now, don't raise your hand if that's you. If you do that, numerous books have been written on this exact topic. It's a massive problem. And you might just think, oh, that's my defense mechanism. It's eating. There's a price. There's a price. And you've got to make a decision. And especially on social media, I have determined that no matter what happens, they will not eat away at my life on social media. 
You've got to determine that. Unfollow people who post negativity. Unfollow people who, you know, some people, all you do is like, 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 and comment on their posts, and you know they follow you, but they never like, like, or comment. Well, then they're not friends. Unless they're someone distant, like a, a distant mentor. Gone. I'm going to tell you something. You know what's reduced my stress? Is that people are unfollowed. I follow cars, so then I see the latest car, not 103.8 seconds. <laughs> yes. Lifts my spirit. Custom cars. All sorts of stuff pop up. Uh, before and after renovations. Yeah, jeez, look at that. Amazing. Inspirational. Some people... I shouldn't have started looking at Instagram first thing in the morning. You've got to re recognize that. You've got to deal with this. And as Jesus warned us that in the last days, people are going to be more selfish than ever. And I want to remind you what, he, what, 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 uh, sorry, what Paul says here. In, uh, Jesus speaks about the end times too. And the, forgive me, I've been reading and studying the Luke's gospel intensively. And Jesus speaks about end times. But Paul here writing in 1 Timothy 3, he says, But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of what? Stress. Why will we have stress? Bills will need to be paid. Cars will need to be paid. No, 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 no. People will be the cause of it. He says for. In other words, because men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive. On social media, we think that's physical. Disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, inhuman, implacable, slanderous, pro pro profligates, fierce, haters of good, treacherous. They'll, they'll turn on you. Reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of religion but denying the power of it, avoid such people. Here's advice for you. It doesn't say join up with them and try and meet them and try and like them on social media and connect with them. No, it says you need to avoid them because the stress will destroy your body. It'll destroy your mind. And people suffer from social stress. People are trying to fit in. Now, I want to tell you, these are not just 21st century issues. We, we lose sight of the Bible. Go to the Bible and see what King Saul went through. He went through social stress. From the time David appeared on the scene and killed Goliath, he felt threatened because there was a new boy on the block with greater gifts than him. His insecurity came out. As soon as his men started leaving, he took the role of a prophet and offered the sacrifice. Saul suffered from social stress just like we do, and in the end, it cost him, the Bible says it was like an evil spirit from God came. It wasn't from the devil because it was internal and he was like freaking out. And when David played music, he was soothed. That's not a normal thing. It's you'll pay a price in your body. And we've got to get rid of the people that cause that in our lives. Jesus said this in Luke 21. He warned us, he said, be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. And that day, the day of the Lord, will close in on you suddenly like a trap. Listen, the peace of God is a valuable thing, and you mustn't let anyone take it from you. And I'll tell you what, these relational and social stresses, they will steal your joy and steal your peace and leave you with physical problems, and people constantly are trying to fit in. Even King David in Psalm 119 refers to it, and when you read, this, read it initially, you think, why does he say this? But many of you would remember this verse, Psalm 119, verse 143. As pressure and stress bear down on me, 
I find joy in your commands. What pressure and stress are you talking about? He's not just talking about life. He didn't have cars on lease and bonds on houses and rates and taxes. He's talking about the pressure and stress to fit in with others. And he says, you know what? When that social pressure comes, I push those people aside and I focus on your commands and the peace of God comes to me. We need to learn to live in these days with less stress, less worry, and less anxiety. Number three, the third thing is stress, worry, and anxiety are actually sin. Yeah, we all, yeah, we all have stress. You know why it's sin? Because it says to God, I'm not sure I can fully trust you with my needs. Not sure I can fully trust you in South Africa with the way the politics are going. And we end up in unbelief. And George Muller the great founder of the orphanages in Bristol, 10,000 orphans sorry, were under his care. He said this, he said, the beginning of anxiety is the end of faith, and the beginning of true faith is the end of anxiety. And when you recognize that anxiety is sin, because I am not trusting God, you will deal with it quickly. I had that fresh revelation again over the last while. I need to trust God fully. I can't watch the news, talk about the country. I'm a realist, I'm a leader, because it's actually affecting my spirit. And I spoke to you about how to look after your spirit recently. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 31, Jesus says, so then don't worry. That's, that's like the Greek, Greek tense. They say, stop worrying. It's like an instruction. Stop worrying. Saying what will we eat? What will we drink? Or what will we wear? For the unconverted pursue these things. The New English translation says, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them, but above all pursue his kingdom and righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So then, do not worry about tomorrow. So the, the, the Greek tense here is stop worrying, and then if you, ha if you start worrying, stop it again. Stop and don't start. That's pretty much what it's saying here. And he says, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Today has enough trouble of its own. You say, well, are you telling me we just need to chill? No, no, no. Especially not in South Africa. Don't just chill and expect money to come to you. No, no. Adam had to tend the garden or it wouldn't heal. But what he's saying is don't be like the unconverted who pursue those things to the exclusion of God. You can't spend your Monday to Saturday pursuing, pursuing, worrying, worrying. And then on Sunday, hallelujah. No, no, it's not enough. That Monday to Saturday is eating away at you. And one church day is not enough. You've got to live a life of faith, a life of trusting God, a life of leaning on Him. And it says in Romans chapter 14, whatever is not of faith is sin. It's not trusting God. So what's the antidote to all this? Well, he says there, your heavenly Father knows. You've got a world full of chaos, but you've got a heavenly Father. And He cares about you. And you need to rely on him. Let me remind you this. You know, in the time of Jesus, when he said this, Israel used to go through regular droughts. I don't know if you remember that. It used to go through locust plagues coming and eating up the fields. It used to go through crop failure. And here's what happened in Israel in those days. I want to just remind you, because we lose our perspective. For a whole year, there'd be very little food. There'd be very little rain. And people wouldn't be able to buy or trade like they used to. So for a year, they put everything on hold. Then when the Lord blessed again, they'd carry on. But us, if for two weeks or one month we have to switch off Netflix, we think it's the end times. <laughs> and maybe you're in the room today and you haven't had a job for a year. Where's God? Just trust Him. Things are not just instant. And you worry and you stress. You've got a heavenly father and he hasn't forgotten about you. 
So stop worrying and don't start worrying is what Jesus is saying. Trust God and don't be anxious. You know, if you think about it, we all will have something at some stage to worry about. We've got to make a decision. Number four, the fourth thing here, and I've got seven, change what you can and hand the rest over to God. This is one of my favorite ways of living. If you can change something, do it quickly. Why drag it out? Change it. But if you can't, hand it over to God. It's my remedy for stress. And uh, you've got to do this before it destroys your peace and destroys your health. And worry and stress don't add value to our lives. What, what's the point? It's pointless. Change it or hand it over to God. And I'll give you examples. If in our church life we can deal with something, there's, a, there's conflict in a relationship or someone's complaining in the church, you can write them an email. You can do something about it. This person says that you said this or they, they don't like the way the check-in is working or whatever it is, they write us an email. Immediately go to the executive pastor or to Sean. So I want you to write it. We write an email. We deal with it instantly. Otherwise, we sit for days and days. And What's the point? You know, Jesus said this in Matthew's gospel. Let me remind you, Matthew 6. Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? No, no. Deal with it. Phone, deal with it. Change it. Stop it. If you can see you can't make your car payments, phone the bank. What are you waiting for? For them to stop you in the shopping center? Good morning. Is your name? Can I have your keys? No, you're shopping. And every person that looks at you twice. I think he's from Nedbank. No, change it, phone them. I lost my job, don't know what I'm going to do, just letting you know, what would you like me to do? No, you let it eat at you and eat at you and eat at you. Thomas Akempis was an early church father, and he says, what else does anxiety about the future bring you but sorrow upon sorrow? No, don't fret and don't worry. What you can change, change. What you can't, hand it over to God. And uh, there are things that will happen. Let me remind you, things will happen that you don't understand. And, and, uh, and, and I, w- I, w- I was reading this just the other day. I found it fascinating. The author said this. He said, you know, when you think of the wilderness and the promised land, how many of you realize this even at home? You think of two places. Israel went through the wilderness, and then they crossed over, and they went into the promised land. He says, no, no, it's not like that. Actually, When Israel had gone through the wilderness, and they didn't do well in the wilderness, they didn't trust God, their father, in the wilderness, he says, if you look at a map of Israel today, you will notice that the wildernesses are included in the promised land. Isn't it true that John the Baptist grew up, the Bible says, and was in the wilderness until the time of his showing, the wilderness of Judea, by the way, quite a scary place, that was in Israel, that was during the time of him being raised. So your wildernesses are part of your promised land. The Spirit took Jesus and drove him into the wilderness, which was part of the promised land. So your wildernesses that you're going through, stop freaking out. They're part of your promised land. They make you who you are. And we've got to hand over to God and not rebel against Him and fret and worry. I'm going through this, Lord. It seems a lean time. It doesn't seem to be food, but I trust that you'll give me manna from the skies. And we've got to... We've got to do that, and then we've got to make changes. Changes, especially when it relates to people that are causing you stress. You know, I don't have time to read the verses today, so we won't bring them up. But you'll remember the story of Abraham and Lot. Lot was his his, uh, relative, and they left Ur of the Chaldees, and they journeyed together. 
And then the Bible says this, their flocks and herds increased and, and, and multiplied, and there became strife between Abram's herdsmen and Lot's herdsmen. Prosperity is not always a good thing. It often brings strife. But you know what Abram did? He looked at Lot and he said, let's not let there be strife between us. And he said, you choose the best part and go, let us separate. You see, when you can make changes, you must. What's the point of carrying on? Yeah, but we've, we've got so much, there's so much money at stake. Listen, your peace is worth more. Your peace is worth more because one day, and I want to remind you, can I, can I say this to young people today? Because I'm speaking to you as an older man who's just lost a friend to cancer. I've had cancer myself. Don't rely on your youth and vigor right now. This thing will get to you. And then one day when you get sick, it's like, how did this happen? Oh, it's your genes. No, it's not your genes. It's your mind and your heart that has been plagued by worry and anxiety and stress. Got to deal with it. Got to deal with it. Husbands and wives, deal with it in your house because you don't even know you've got it and it's making your life a misery. And uh, when Abraham made that decision to separate from Lot, the peace of God came back into his life. Number five, worship your way into the peace of God. Worship your way into the peace of God. Paul gives us advice, and uh, Kaizen read it this morning as he led the service, and we need to recognize here that when we do something, then it's like, it's like a cause and effect. Paul says, if you do this, then God will do that, and then you'll find that you will receive God's peace. And I think, I think this is true. Because we live with so much stress, we underestimate God's peace. We underestimate the value of God's peace. Now, forgive me for reading this verse because you all you could probably recite it with me. Philippians 4 and verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always, but notice I will say it again because we're dumb, rejoice. Why does he say it twice? Because it can be overlooked as just a key, it's just a word, you know. No, no, no. You need to make sure that you understand this is the key. Let your gentleness be evident to all. What's that got to do with worship? If you don't worship, you will be uptight and angry, not gentle. You know, I stopped listening to worship music in my car years ago because we had five services and I heard the same songs over and over. And when I come in the meeting, I'm like, I start thinking about other stuff because by the time you guys hear it, we bought that album. By the time it's been introduced to the church, I already know those songs. So now we sing it five times on a weekend. It's like spoiling it. So I started listening to other music. But you know what I've realized since lockdown? When I get in my car, I need worship music like never before because my gentleness will not be evident. <laughs> no, come on. I, I've, I've got a footrest in my car because it's automatic. It's, uh, it's got a footrest where you put your foot. I don't know, it's a weird thing. But you know, sometimes I find it's like, I'm at the robot and I'm like, Why? Because the people are really starting to drive through. And I've got that thing, you, you know, you press your, press your brake and the thing comes up, hold. Then my foot's over that accelerator, boy. And that light goes green. Fuck, gone. And then further down the road. No, let your gentleness, how do you get there? You can't just get there. By, I've got to remember. Now I need to worship God. Because when he's my focus, then that goes. Listen, I'm I'm, I'm a work in progress, but I realize if I don't get this thing right, my life will be shortened. My life will be shortened. And he says here, the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. You read that this morning. Didn't know what I was going to preach on, eh? 
but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Watch this. And the peace of God. That's not just some yoga piece, some, some coffee shop. Now, that's a deep, anchored, soul-calming peace. Will guard your heart and mind. Our mouths are the doorway to the peace of God. And we've got to praise Him for who He is and what He's done. And it's a special place. And do you know that peace is an attribute of God? Why is peace an attribute of God? Because God isn't stressed. He knows the end from the beginning. And we've got to enjoy that and worship our way into it. Do you remember 2 Chronicles uh, chapter 20? In fact, my son is preaching on it this morning. We had a chat before the weekend. And uh, the story of Jehoshaphat. Remember when the enemy came? They didn't put the best soldiers in the front. They put the praisers in front to sing, for the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. And as a result of the praise, the enemy was set in disarray. And then it says, funny enough, in 1 Chronicles 20 and verse 30, that then peace descended on Jehoshaphat's kingdom. You want the peace of God? Worship. That's why to come early to church at home, if you're struggling at home, come here. Because when you stand in this building and you begin to sing and the team lead us, something happens. Something happens. The peace of God comes. And you will have less worry, less stress, and less anxiety if you do that. Charles Spurgeon reminds us here, anxiety does not empty tomorrow of its sorrows. It only empties today of its strength. But worship fills today with strength. Number six, is this helping you today? I really hope it's speaking to your heart. Don't carry your problems. Pray about them. You see, he's just told us, by prayer and petition, let your requests be made known. You, you know, what I've discovered is when people come for counseling, over the years I've noticed this, and I used to do a lot of counseling. In fact, I used to have four counseling appointments almost four days of the week when the church was small. People just used to come by rotation. Marriage counseling, problem counseling, depression, addictions, all sorts of things. And you know what people would often say to me? You know, I so enjoyed spending time with you this evening and unburdening myself. They don't say, man, you've got, you, you're a treasure trove of wisdom. The, you, you're, a, you're a walking Bible. They never say that. They always say, I was able to unburden myself. I want to ask you, what are you carrying? You know what he's saying here? Unburden yourself. Let your requests be made known. In fact, there's, there's two verses, Old and New Testament, Psalm 55. Cast your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. And then James says this, uh, sorry, 1 Peter says this, uh, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Notice it says, humble yourself. You know why? Because pride says, I'll manage. I'm strong, I'm disciplined, I'm motivated. No, he says, humble yourself and just cast it on and burden yourself. Why carry your problems when God can carry them for you? Man, cast your problems on him today and find that freedom from anxiety and from stress. Number seven, as we come to a close, this is very important. Learn to accept all the uncertainties of life. I must say, this is probably the area that I struggle the most. During COVID, the uncertainty of the future. When is church going to open? People would ask me, so, so Pastor, they bump into me sometimes when we're shopping. So when's the church going to open? I'm like, I can't tell you. I'm not in government. In fact, if I was in government, they don't even know. 
No one knows. Such, what's the future hold? How's it going to look? Is there going to be a tenth wave? No, we don't even know. Is it going to be a fifth wave? Will it be worse than the third wave? We don't know where we're going. And I'm a person who likes to plan. I like to see trouble coming and go, sidestep that. I can see the political situation. (laughs) And you know what? In this time we're living in, you can't do any of that. Everything is uncertain. You don't know who's going to be voted in. You don't know what's going to happen next in the world. Uh, Russia's invaded the Ukraine. Who would have thought in the 21st century we'd have a war like that? And everybody's standing back doing nothing? Because, you know, we think there's no such thing as original sin. We can all just sit down and talk. That's where the modern world has got to. Years ago, it was like, you're a sinner. You're invading a country. We're going to mung you. Today, it's like, no, they're just like us. Let's sit down and talk. Where's it getting us? Terrible situation. And it causes stress because there is so much uncertainty. And you know what happens when there's uncertainty? You start to try and make a plan. Do you remember when Abraham didn't have a son and it took a while and it was uncertain? Listen to me, people. Even good Christians. Abraham is our father of faith and he took the maid. So how many of our people in this church watching online, uh, thousands of our congregation who, who can look and say, God, you're taking time, let me help you. I know he's unsaved, but it could work. He takes the maid, listen to me, and he takes the maid in a time of uncertainty, and you know what's happened? The whole of the Middle East hasn't got peace. Because Ishmael came, and the world is in turmoil. You'll not only lose your physical peace, you can lose world peace when there's uncertainty. And I want to remind you, South Africa is in a terrible turmoil at the moment. We look at the future, there's criticism. You've got to measure what you watch and what you get into your spirit. John MacArthur said this in his book on anxiety. He says, we allow our daily concerns to turn into worry and therefore sin. When our thoughts become focused on changing the future instead of doing our best to handle our present circumstances. Man, there's so much uncertainty. But I want to remind you, during the time of Solomon, it was no different to what it is now. And I read this verse in Ecclesiastes, and it just so comforted me because I'm like, yep, that's, that's South Africa. Let me read it to you. He says, there's another evil I've seen under the sun. Kings and rulers make a grave mistake when they give authority to foolish people and low positions to people of proven worth. I've even seen servants riding horseback like princes and princes walking like servants. In other words, the wrong people are doing the wrong things and we can't do anything about it. And Solomon says, meaningless, meaningless. I saw it then, you're seeing it now. Stop stressing. These are the uncertainties and the uncontrollables of life. Keep your focus on God. Keep worshiping Him. Keep trusting Him. I love what J.C. Ryle said, and I'll close with this this morning. The only way to be really happy in such a world as this is to be ever casting our cares on the Lord. You want to be happy? You've got a Father. Cast your care on Him, for He cares for you. Trust Him with your needs and recognize stress, worry, and anxiety will eat away at my life, not just my older life, my young life, and I've got to look after myself because I've got a heavenly Father who wants to look after me, and I need to just worship, hand it over to Him, recognize the price that I pay, and trust God for a good and happy life. You know what? Every little thing's going to be all right. I loved it when we started with that this morning. I didn't know what the song set was going to be. I only looked at it this morning. But everything's going to be all right. You just got to absorb that and take that because God's got your life under his control. And you've got to let go of the uncertainties 
and leave them to Him. We hope you have been blessed and inspired by this message. 